Hello from ESPN 730, the game studios in Uptown Charlotte. Welcome to the second Yellow Soccer Show. I am Brad Barnett. Jason could not be here today, so we've replaced him with someone who is a lot better at this job anyway, the world-famous Gary Ford. Gary, how are you, sir? Uh, excellent, thank you. Good, good. Uh, nice to have you back here. And over on the other mic, we have the former captain of the Charlotte Independents, uh, the newly, newly retired Mr. Bilal Duckett. Duck, how are you, sir? I'm good. Good. Good to have you back in the studio with us as well. Um, as I mentioned before, when I learned that Jason couldn't be here uh, for this interview, I wanted to get someone who could actually co-host that has been along for the ride since the beginning, much like you have with the Independents, and could show the appreciation. So I can't think of a better person than Gary. And he brought you a gift. So The lack of imagination on your If you would like to open that gift, sir, you're more than welcome to, which is perfect for radio, by the way. <laughs> oh, man. It's a lovely gift. I All couldn't right. think of a better gift, to be fair. Well, you've wanted uh, wanted to do this in the studio with us the last two times, so <laughs> let's go ahead and make it actually official this time. So I would say what it is, um, you can hear that. Uh, it's a, a nice craft brew, but we're not going to say the company because we don't get sponsorship dollars from them. So let's just say it was Duck's favorite, so Gary is now on his, um, on his Christmas list, I think. I think so. All right, so let's jump right into it. Uh, newly retired... Um, what are you doing now? What is it that uh, that made you want to retire and, and hang up the boots at this point? Made me want to retire? Um, what what made you have to retire? <laughs> what made you... Yeah, so... You know I, what I'm asking. I got a really good opportunity to be a digital consultant um, at a firm in the private sector. So, you know, it just kind of felt like it was time. Yeah. Well, good long career. Eight years? Yeah, good eight-year career, which was much longer than I expected to be playing. Yeah. Um, you know, I kind of thought that after my last game, my senior year in college, my playing career was done. And, you know, I extended that for, for eight years. So I'm incredibly proud of my career. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the gift that I never never fully accepted but al or expected but al always wanted. And going out on your own terms is always always a, a, a blessing. So uh, let's just recap real quick. So uh, Fighting Irish, Notre Dame. Yep. Then drafted by Vancouver. Yep. Loaned out to Harrisburg City. Signed with Harrisburg. Signed with Harrisburg. Signed with Harrisburg. So did you play a full year at Vancouver first? Full year in Vancouver. So 2011 was in Vancouver. 2012 was in Harrisburg. And at the end of 2012, I joined um, the Revs. In New England, signed there um, early 2013, and then I got loaned out to to Rochester. Yeah. Okay. And um, after the Rochester spell, you came back and played with the Eagles in the USL Pro. Correct. And then after the Eagles folded, no, not folded, sold their USL rights to the Independents, you signed for Sacramento Republic for about 15 minutes. Yeah, I took a quick vacation. Nice, nice. Yep. Played zero games with them, so uh, well done there, sir. And then signed with the Independents where you've become a legend and had songs written about you, and people like Gary take their shirt off and spin it around yelling your name. Kinda yeah. Kind of hard to pass that up, right, Gary? That sounds, I mean, it sounds right, Gary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it not, I don't know if maybe knows, but you had, you had shoulder surgery, right? I did. How's that going? Great. Great, actually. I mean, as as well as a sur shoulder surgery could go. Um, you know, I had a, a wonderful surgeon here who took care of it here in Charlotte, Dana Paisecki. Um, and then 
rehab down at Performance Unlimited with John Litton and Dr. Will Grimm and the Sporting Institute crew. So, you know, kind of from start to finish through my therapy, I, you know, I had the best possible hands on me at all time. And that's a big reason why I'm able to retire on my own terms because of the work that those guys did and the care that I received. So I am infinitely um, thankful to them because, you know, I feel I feel good now. It's how, weird. How long had that shoulder been a problem? Too long. Yeah. yeah. Um, it really started to be a problem. I think it dislocated in 2017. I think we were playing uh, Bethlehem Steel at home, and it came out. Wouldn't come back in. Had to go back into the locker room and get it kind of reset. And explored having surgery that off season, but it wasn't really necessary and the timing was bad and then took a couple of bad hits to it kind of early on in 2018. I remember you going down uh, in Charleston in the preseason game. Right. And came and for that. Yeah, yeah. So had a couple of knocks to it that didn't make it a huge problem until, you know, mid to late way through the season where it was just something that I was really carrying. And, you know, as soon as the off season hit, my focus was getting healthy and then kind of making a decision out of, on my future. I was out of contract at the time. And again, thanks to Sporting Institute and Performance Unlimited, I was able to make a decision that was on my own terms, even though I still had this kind of semi-major surgery at the end of last year. Did you, you don't have to give team names or any of that, but did you have conversations with uh, anybody about coming back and playing again where the team's knocking at your door? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it was a difficult decision. Um, I talked to a number of teams in a number of leagues, all of which will remain disclosed, um, about making a return. But, you know, I kind of felt like, I felt like I'd done my job. And it was time for me to to move on and do something else. You know, I'm kind of blessed in having this this education from Notre Dame and having other dreams. I had actually, at the end of 2010 slash early 2011, before I, start, I joined the Vancouver Whitecaps, I expected to be um, kind of a tech consultant. So now I'm rejoining that work field in a way that it's like kind of pseudo poetic, um, different company, different job, but anywhere you want to go with that. I mean, you got new career goals. Um, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. So I've kind of owned my own business for the last couple mm -hmm. of years. Um, websites and building websites and applications. And the goal with that was to stay connected and be able to step into a different role at some point. So now that I'm there, obviously I have goals to be great and, you know, continue to learn and grow. But as far as, uh, I guess, like very specific goals, I don't know that I know that yet because I, I mean, this is all new to me. I'm used to being in a locker room with, you know, 22, 23 other guys and kind of figuring, like, you know, we go kick balls all day and, that that was my experience, and now it's it's a much different locker room. So, 
I'm I'm very interested and excited to kind of see what that landscape looks like, but it's hard for me to say what like my big my my if you ask me my three year four year plan right now I I need to figure it out. <laughs> so when all of us who have played a sport at some point had to quote unquote retire from it, uh, but none of us ever had to retire from the professional side of it. Well, nobody in this room except for you. I'm curious as to what does the the mindset of that because I know when when I had to quote-unquote retire, it's because I broke my leg and my playing career was done, regardless of whether I wanted to stop or not. Right. For you, you had the chance to actually sit down and say, all right, I can go keep playing or I can start my career. And that's not an easy decision to make. That's something that takes a lot of time. So kind of just walk us through how you came to that decision. Oh, man. Yeah. Um. I guess the easiest way to tell you is that, like, Am I allowed a monologue? <laughs> do yes, I sir. get those here? Hey, this, um, is, this is your show, so whatever you want to do, buddy. We yeah, are just so, here guiding us along. So my rookie season, and I've told this this story to a number of people, but it's it's a really impactful story for me personally. Um, there was kind of two parts of it. So I we we had a guy named John Thornton, um, who is at I think he's the GM at LAFC now. So that name sounds very familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he had a kind of long-storied career. But as he was playing with us in Vancouver, he is also in business school. Um, he's getting his MBA at Northwestern, I think. He had been in Chicago for, for some time before that. Um, so I got to see, like, how he prepared himself for his retirement. You know, this is a day that we all know that it's going to come, but we kind of have this this fairy tale mentality where we don't think that it's ever going to hit us, right? Like, it's never going to be me who gets a speeding ticket. I've gotten too many. Um, and then on the other side, there was a guy who I knew who grew up in France, and he played um, academy soccer in France at one of the top academies the guys who came up in his academy class were currently playing at clubs like Man City, Chelsea, Arsenal, you know, some of the top clubs in Europe. And, you know, we get kind of stuck in the airport one day and he's telling me the story where, you know, he was the first one to leave. He chased the money, took the money. He wound up, you know, not in a league that any of us ever really watch, but got a ton of money up front, but it was kind of the short-sighted play. And he kind of told me that his biggest fear was, you know, one day my career is going to end and I feel like it's soon and I don't know what I'm going to do next. Right? So he was telling me that because I had a college degree and he knew I had a college degree and he was like, you, you have opportunities to do other things that you know, I may never have. I'm kind of pigeonholed to this one industry. But, you know, you break your leg tomorrow, you can kind of go do anything. So for me, as I was, that's year one. And it kind of breathed a different light into my career in that, you know, I want to play for as long as I can because I love the game. And I want to make as big an impact as I can or as strong an impact I can however you want to kind of quantify it but you know I want to 
be somewhere that you know I enjoy being but also enjoys me being there and I'm able to do something bigger than just play soccer so you know the last couple of years myself and my brother roll out this tackling consent thing where um you guys know well but I'll say it for the sake of it um basically my brother has a nonprofit that wants to teach young men and boys about sexual consent and rape what rape means what empathy means and kind of bring them up in a world that's not just like listen these are girls and you're a boy and this is a thing that's supposed to happen and we're not going to talk about it anymore but kind of figure it out yourself so you know that's that's a really important thing that I was able to do in my career also you know trying to build a culture here in Charlotte where the players are close to the fans. We know that we don't have the biggest fans group in the league, but you know, you guys are the most important people to us. Right? And there's been kind of this intimate relationship between the club players and the club fans and we're trying to continue to grow that to other parts of the community. But, you know, those are two of the things that in my career that I look back and I'm most proud of kind of being able to be a part of this early young club in Charlotte's that's finding its way and also give back to causes and, you know, impact kids and touch the youth in a way that's, you know, personal and not, hey, kid, I saw you, I signed an autograph. I'm never going to see you or talk to you again. So I think I reached a point where, you know, I had done those things and for for quite some time and you know never kind of passing the buck but like it was maybe time for me to do something else and time for somebody else to pick up that baton uh, maybe Between time for somebody else to pick up the that baton um <laughs> <laughs> or just like you know time for me to experience something else yeah. as well like I the unsung story of all of what I just told you is that at the same time, as I mentioned, I was running a, a business that was, you know, taking up a fair amount of time, too. So in preparing myself to retire, at some point I have to retire. I wanted it to be on my own terms and I wanted to give myself time in another career to have an impact as well. So here I am. It felt like it felt like a good time. And, and that uh, connection, that closeness with the fans is is the best thing about watching soccer at this level. It's, it's that, the connection you can have with the players. Absolutely, yeah. man. So like, thank you for that. Yeah. I'm uh, not going to put you on. <laughs> <laughs> I think you crashed over one of my questions, which was going to be what are you most proud of? Oh, I'm sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I had to scrap the interview. We're done. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, those are, yeah, those oh, what, are certainly what's two your, of the What's things. your best memory of career? I have a lot. It's it's so hard to tell you what my best memory is because, listen, man. I so break it down then. Break it break it down to on the field and off the field. I'll, no, actually, no. I'm not going to do that. Okay, I'm going to well, do it chronologically show, because that's the way my brain works. Okay, um, go ahead. So my best memories: um, winning a state championship in high school was incredibly important. Somehow. Um, like, I grew up in kind of a soccer town, and it was kind of a big deal. Like, it's almost like 
you know, winning a football state championship <laughs> elsewhere. Somehow in this one town in, in Atlanta, everywhere else would have been like, screw soccer, let's play football. Um, but we want to say, in soccer at the time, like so- high school soccer at the time was kind of competitive. Everybody played on their own little like pseudo rec league team because, but we were good. <laughs> like my high school soccer team was good. Um, anyways, uh, that was dope. First game at Notre Dame was impactful. My career at Notre Dame was super impactful for a number of reasons. I won't talk about that too much. Um, getting drafted. Mm-hmm. One of the few times that I've ever seen my mom cry. Somehow oh. I've seen, yeah, like, that was wild for me. It's, yeah. Mom's not allowed to cry. Dad was that unexpected? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, or getting drafted or my mom crying? Drafted. Um, at the time, no. So getting called to the MLS combine was pseudo unexpected. I, I just didn't have any lines in. I wasn't talking to agents. And then my name's on the list, and I went. I mean, I was already ready to accept another job offer, and then I kind of got it. And, but then I went to the combine, and I played really well. So, you know, the first couple of games, my name was constantly on that list of, like, players who did themselves justice. Granted, I probably was, like, bottom of the barrel when I went to the combine. They didn't expect anything out of me. I maybe have been a, would have been a filler. But, um, yeah, I did myself justice. And it was a good time to come in because we've got two expansion teams coming in as well. So. Um, I did the best with my opportunity. When I was drafted, I expected to be drafted. Um, Were you higher or lower than you expected? A little bit lower, actually. Um, I <laughs> Coming from a place where I was like, ah, my career's done in November <laughs> of 2010. But then... All of a sudden being like, you know what, hey, whoa, why didn't you draft me higher? Yeah, well, I mean, I'd had conversations with clubs where, you know, I knew that teams were really interested in me. Um, and... Yeah, I mean, drafts kind of shake out the way that they do. It's a weird system to be in America, but all of my football and basketball and, uh, yeah, football and basketball fans really understand a draft. So to say that I've been drafted is super important for them. It was important for me because it was a start, starting point for my career, but, like, it's a weird system. It is, yeah. You, um, you don't get a choice of where you get to go. Right, like it's a first rights of refusal kind of deal yeah. and – you know, I got drafted without a contract, so I still had to go to camp. Like, as they're like, yeah, you're allowed to interview with this one team. You can't interview anywhere else until this team says that you're allowed. So That's such a good way to put it. Yeah. Meanwhile, I had just interviewed with, like, six other companies. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, wind up in Vancouver. Um, gorgeous city, by the way. It doesn't make sense. I'm from Georgia. Our mountains are like, I walk over them and I walk back home and I'd come from school. Um, But yeah, my pro debut was down at Home Depot Center. Played against Man City that year in front of a sellout crowd in in, uh, in Vancouver, which was incredible. Um, Played against Henri while I was in Mm -hmm. uh, New England. I had a poster of him on my wall growing up, so it's like that's kind of special moment. And just for the record, he did not score. No, in that game. So no. I'm just I'm not. I didn't let him come inside. I said you can go to the byline, however much you want, <laughs> but you will not come. You're not inside. coming inside on me. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think we held him to a shutout that game, actually. Um, open Cup runs. I had two that were really cool. Um, in Harrisburg, we took New England to uh, overtime. They scored three goals on us in the first overtime, and then we scored three goals on them in the second overtime. I scored my PK. We go through, then we wind up beating uh, the Red Bull at home in the second or whatever round that was, fourth round, third, fourth round. And then we went on to lose in Philly, but that was the year that we made it furthest in the Open Cup. I got this nice little lovely scar on my nose then. Um, and then when we beat New England in New England, it was also lovely because I'm playing against my old teammates. New England specialist. Okay. Yeah, I got to – clap up my old coach and my old GM. Um, <laughs> they weren't happy with that anymore. Um, but, yeah, like, those are special moments. And then first time I wore the armband here was incredibly special. Uh, nothing that I ever really expected in my career, but one of the true delights in my career was being able to – maybe the true delight in my career was being able to lead and represent – this club in this city for the past three years. Um, we never quite gave you guys what you what you deserved, but we gave you everything that we had. You know, yeah, we had fun. Yeah, I know. I know you had fun. <laughs> so we only got about uh, seven, eight more minutes left. So uh, I want to. I'm sorry, I'm long winded. You're okay. <laughs> this is this is all about you. So, but I want to shift a little bit from. Nobody wants to hear from us. Right? Yeah, nobody cares about this voice. From what. Uh, you know. Oh, you, also making the playoffs. Oh, good call. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I missed that. Yeah, that was big fun. Big fun. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no worries. So I want to shift more about to what impact you've had on the city from our perspective and from the fans. So when you announced your retirement, you tagged Jack's militia. Jason said they had a ton of feedback about just a lot of praise for you. Uh, I'm going to share one quick story. I've said it before on here, but it's the one that's two actually that stick out. And me, and I think they were actually, it may have been the same game. Uh, NCFC, or the Rail Hawks, as they're so lovingly known, everybody in the city. Um, last year, it was uh, it was a hot day. I had my, my girls' team out there. It was my uh, weekend of my daughter's birthday, I think it was. And I remember you were bodying up on somebody, and, I, and I, I yelled, and I said, you know, like, let's go duck or something like that. And I remember you looked directly at me in the stands. And, and pointed like the, the, you know, like I see you kind of a deal. You don't get that from many professional athletes, just in general. So for one, um, I appreciate just your conscious understanding of everything around you for that. But two, after that, and that was a tough defeat for you guys, because the OCS crowd on the other side were obnoxious. Um, it was just a tough, hard-fought game. When you guys came down and started signing the autographs, uh, like you normally would after the game, I, I saw a shift from, from somebody who said, okay, we just had a really hard, hard defeat. And some people just walked off the field. But you actually walked over there, took time and signed all these autographs, took time to take a picture with my daughter, who uh, at this point is really upset that you're retiring. Um, and that just shows the, the level of class that you have as not only a professional athlete, but as a human being. Being able to understand that you know, these kids are the future 
but being able to put aside the heartbreaking loss and give them a moment that they're going to cherish for the rest of their lives. And from me personally, and I have hundreds of other stories about this, this kind of thing and just watching you on the field. Thank you for what you did for, for Charlotte and for the sport. Um, and selfishly, thank you for, for instilling that into the future generation. And, and my daughter being one that is, uh, maybe didn't care about soccer the way some people do that is now upset that her beloved duck is not going to be playing next year uh, or this year for that matter. So for me personally, thank you. We had a lot of, a lot of those come through about how you helped out the kids. So that's just one personal story for me. Thanks, Um, man. I know Gary probably has a ton, but they always come to me uh, when you scored the goal and on your knees, the one that, (laughs) Yeah, when the I ripped my knees best apart. Best knee slide in <laughs> Independence yeah, history. I think I still have scars from that. Or celebrating with Jackson Militia. Um, not jumping into the stands because that gets you a card. Somehow. Looking at you, Alex. Uh, Enzo. Enzo. It, was it Enzo that did yeah. it? It doesn't really matter. It, one of the Martinez brothers, both of them could do it. Um, no, I can say now that it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> but just, you, you've carried yourself in this city in what I would uh, classify as a tough soccer market for the fans. Um, with a lot of dignity and a lot of class, and um, you've you've taken this whole level uh, of soccer in the city to another level, and you will be missed on the field. That's, uh, I mean, it's lovely to hear, but it's also very hard to hear. I, I really appreciate that, man. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's certainly never an easy decision, but... You know, it's, it's it's very nice to be to be talked about and remembered um, in that way. So I really, I really appreciate you saying that, man. Heartfelt. So uh, one, the, one of the questions that came in was a better woman I could think of. I think it was Matt who said, uh, you know, how what would you like to be remembered for, or what, how would you like to be remembered? Uh, like like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah. Are you just uh, me to, to just repeat what I said? Or yeah. Really? <laughs> oh, man. How would I like to be remembered? I would like to be remembered. Um, I don't know. I've kind of never really thought about it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I guess as somebody who was was giving of themselves and was kind of willing to go that extra mile, like I certainly don't want to be, be remembered as the one that you know, kind of took took my emotions and weighed them higher than the people who invest money to to come see us, right? Like, so if you pay money to come see us play and we lose, I sneak in. You should. Um, Sorry, Jim. No, you shouldn't. Um, (laughs) No, but like, if you pay money to come see us, you know, and we don't perform. When I go to the movies and I don't like the movie, I'm disappointed. I want my money back. Um, so, you know, at the end of the day, you you guys are the customer and we, we play for you guys, right? So, um, I want to rem- be remembered kind of like, I guess, as a champion of, of the fans or the people. Somebody who was willing to kind of do what it took on and off the field to to move our city and and our cause forward and i hope that i've done that um you know we in the grand scheme of things we have short careers um some of them are remembered some of them are remembered for a time and 
you know, I hope that the legacy that I leave is positive. You know, my parents always told me, leave a place better than you found it. If I went to spend the night at somebody's house and it was dirty when they showed up, not even when their parents showed up, but when my parent, when my parents showed up, then yeah, I was in trouble. So, <laughs> you know, I don't want my mom and my dad mad at me. Well, before we, we wrap this up, Doc, I'm going to give you, you the mic. One, I want you to, um, I want you to give out your brother and uh, you're in your brother's nonprofit, the website, so people can still donate to that since I don't want them to forget about that because of the simple fact that you're not playing anymore. It's not plastered all over Twitter. And then I'm going to just have you take a minute and just say your piece to the fans and, and however you want to address it before we wrap the show up. All right, so the easy part. Um, our brother's nonprofit can be found at we-rethink.org. That's we-rethink.org. Um, and then I think that our playing platform was still set up at tacklingconsent.org. Um, they can get to there from the tacklingconsent.org? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and as for the hard part, man, you know, I gave, you know, a lot of myself, everything of myself for the last four years, five years to Charlotte, and all that I can really truly say is that I am infinitely grateful for the amount that Charlotte's given back. Um, the people I've met, the stories I've heard, the lives that have touched my life. Um, I'm a better person for it, so, you know, at the end of the day, all I can really truly honestly say is thank you for for giving me the opportunity to represent you because you guys are everything man there's there's truly no limit to what this city can do what these fans can do what these people can do the 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 good that charlotte can do in the community man and although i'm leaving I'm never going to be far away. And I will bring the hammer down on Gary if he's <laughs> acting out. So um, I think that's you got to You got to come to Section 101. If I you was going to say, it sounds like you uh, yeah. you got to be in Section 101 going forward. So I, I think that's... Act like I can't move around that stadium wherever <laughs> I please. That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think you have a free pass. Um, so that's going to go ahead and, and wrap up this extremely emotional episode of the Second Yellow Soccer Show. Duck, thank you so much for coming in. I know this is... Um, I know it can be difficult to talk about um, just in general when it's so fresh, but uh, you've always been generous to us and uh, you're always a, a hell of an interview just in general. So thanks, man. Thanks for, for coming in. Um, anyway, you guys can find the podcast ESPNCharlotte.net, uh, iTunes, Spotify, really anywhere that you get your podcasts. Uh, feel free to follow the show on Twitter at Second Yellow Show. That's number two, ND Yellow Show. Let us know what you think. For Gary and myself, thanks for listening. Remember, no matter who you support, let's all work together to grow the game.